gave me the green light. Now it's time to take flight. Let's go. Because I'm out the ordinary. 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 Welcome to Solutions. When men come out the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a purpose-driven man. Through education and experience, he's a man who's equipped in leading the dialect in our advancement, a formidable man who can represent a seat at the table for us all, a man who leads with the art of his actions, a disciplined man who sees things to completion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the father, author, entrepreneur, mental health advocate, and owner of KingNod.com, Mr. Dash Hudson. <sighs> how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Thank you. you Thank doing, you so much. Man? For... We're super doing excited. Great. Are, you ready? Are you ready to drop these gems and answer these questions today? I'm, I'm uh, like I said, because I, I, I live a life, even in my energy, in my energy, even when I'm excited, <laughs> I'm still calm, right? <laughs> so, but, but I, I flow off off of balance right so no matter where i am in the day or in life i'm I'm always mentally ready and prepared absolutely that's a gem right there let's get it going what person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today who or what defined you <clears throat> um it is different uh but for me uh muhammad ali when I was young, uh, because I grew up in a neighborhood where a lot of people become what they see at a very young age. <clears throat> and before you actually have the time and ability to grow, you know, you become the things you see when you had a limited amount of information. So in my neighborhood, uh, a lot of men were broken. A lot of men uh, lack motivation. So for me, Muhammad Ali was one of the first men that I've seen with confidence, with love, with pride. So just those images. And of course, I, I wasn't born when he was actually fighting. It's a channel. It was like channel 31, like because uh, we didn't even have cable. And it was something like plastic sports. So it, it was all the sports shows from back in the day. And Muhammad Ali changed my life because I didn't know. Not, not that I didn't know you could be confident and speak with love and speak with strength. So for him, he was he was a person that really changed and uh, shifted my life. Let's talk about that moment. Let's talk about the moment it shifted your life. What made you spring into action? What was the first thing? Because we have a tendency of saying, I want to do all this now and get it done now. But it's a process to get to this level. What mm -hmm. shifted you? What was the first thing, steps you made when you were a young boy after you seen this? <clears throat> it wasn't really like uh, instant, right? It, it was gradual steps. It was gradual steps in, and because um, like I say, I, I, I have a deep story. I have a real story. So I lack self-esteem and motivation. I lack uh, self-awareness. I lack identity. Um, I didn't know who I was. You know, I, I grew up in a kind of chaotic situation. So like I said, to see that image of balance, it was the foundation, right? So it was the foundation and that, that, that alone was was powerful for me because all I needed was an opportunity to 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 start to reflect, an opportunity to start to have the thoughts of confidence. So so not that I just was confident out of, out of the blue, 
it was the first time that I had the opportunity to to feel, to to think with confidence, to embrace that image. So I would say, like I I I allowed myself to let a seed grow, and with that seed, that became the foundation to everything that I am today. Absolutely. With those gradual steps you've taken, for those who live the similar life where you at right now, what would you say the first two steps could be the foundation to building that stone? What are two things they can put in an actionable stance? Um, allowing yourself to challenge your comfort zone, right? Because a lot of us, uh, we find a comfort zone and we want to be comfortable and we want to feel like we know the routine of life. But sometimes you could be in a routine that's not beneficial for you or you could be in a routine of normality, right? So sometimes we grow up and the, the internet is amazing because the internet shows you the world, the internet gives you many different images and you type it in. But when I was younger, it wasn't, you know, it uh, wasn't really the internet, well, it wasn't cell phones and the internet and you didn't have so many different images, so many different perspectives of life. So even in, in, in all of our current situation, um, challenge your comfort zone don't don't just don't just be right don't just uh whether it's your family whether it's your environment don't just settle for what you see right don't just settle for uh where your family is don't just settle for your current situation challenge challenge yourself challenge your situation challenge your mind challenge challenge the way you feel your emotions challenge your thoughts and that's what I would say, like challenge your comfort zone. And um, another one, uh, create a system, create a system where you could track your progress, right? And um, and that could look like many things. So I have, I have many different strategies and blueprints, uh, but, you know, but if you wanna be better in behavior, if you wanna be better in, in just your life all in all, like I always say, compete with your progress. Right. So do the best you can do in this moment. Do the best you can do this week. Do the best you can do with a month and document it. Right. So whatever you did great this week, whatever you did that was great this month, document it and then do it again and then do it again. Right. And then you'll see yourself getting better, because one thing when you document your journey, you can't lie about what you put on the paper. So it's just like a basketball player that say, hey, man, I scored 100 points. Right. Or I, or I had 50 rebounds. Right. When, when you go to the stats, they could clearly see whether you have 50 rebounds or whether you scored 100 points. So if you want to change, if you want to grow, if you want to stop doing habits or stop doing things that's not benefiting you in life, you have to document it. Right. Because when you document it, you can't lie to yourself. Absolutely. I am in agreement of that. In fact, my next question for you was, do you have a vision board? Um, no, not, not, not really. I don't really uh, do vision boards. Uh, I've really, I, I wouldn't say a photographic memory or whatever the case, but I'm real, uh, disciplined in my mind. I'm real disciplined in my mind. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. If I, if I, um, if I say I'm gonna challenge myself, I'm gonna challenge myself. So, so visually I may not lay it out in, in a format of a board, but I lay it out in my mind and I lay it out in my actions and, that's how I, I move forward in life. Well, this is called an audible question. This is not on the docket. Bam, 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 bam. I like to ask you this question. Are you a person <laughs> who is careful about what they commit themselves to because they know they see things to completion? So for example, 
you have an idea, but you keep it to yourself. Because if you tell someone, hey, I'm thinking about doing so-and-so, are you then committing yourself outwardly to say, I'm going to do this? <clears throat> Not really, man. I I'm a firm believer of, of planting a seed sometime in myself, sometime in life. Right. So we don't understand how powerful social media is. Sometimes people are so caught up in the moment. So you wake up eight in the morning and you say, man, I'm having a bad day. Think about it. Your day just started. So now let's say you make a mistake and have a good day. And now when you go home or when you're on lunch, you, you pick your phone up and now you're reminded that you ha that you're having a bad day. So you introduce that energy back into your life. So sometimes I post things that I haven't done yet that I'm going to do, right? I always believe like, there's nothing like seeing your imagination in person. So sometimes, you know, for the most part, when you think it, when you feel it, when you connect to it, I plant the seed of that, right? So it's so many things that I said, man, look, I'm about to do this. And I just post it, right? Because just like reminding yourself that you're having a bad day, even, even when you see Facebook and how Facebook show you your memories, it's so many things when I see the memories pop up, like, wow, I knew that already, or I did that already. Because every day you're meeting life. If you capture a thought, if that thought turns into a feeling, now, if you turn that feeling and thought into a behavior where you create a habit, you're going to accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So I'll tell somebody, I'll tell a person, I'll post it, I'll share it because I want to create the energy of it existing already. So that's what I do on a daily basis. That's what I do with life because, you know, they did a study where they studied the minds of children playing like uh, Call of Duty and, 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 and soldiers, right? And the same brain activity went off in the children as the soldiers, right? So your body is capturing the experience while your mind is capturing the experience. And we have the ability to do that every day, right? If you feel successful, if you feel confident, if you feel like you're going to accomplish everything, right? Start living it and feeling it and connecting it to your mind and connecting it to your heart. And all you're doing now is waiting to obtain it in the physical. But but I live there. I live there. If I see it, if, if I capture it mentally, if I feel it emotionally, I have already obtained it. Like I obtain it. I feel it. I, I know, you know. And that's literally, that changed my mind, right? So I can't tell you, like even my son with his first book, you know, we created pictures that came to life. And that was one of the pages, like, uh, it's nothing like seeing your imagination in person. Like when you say, hey, I'm going to do this, or this is going to happen. Some of the actual pages came to life. You know, we've been, we've been to, like, we, we painted traveling. Well, we had an artist, uh, Sylvester Walford, uh, rest in peace because he, he passed. Um, but, you know, he used to, the pictures he drew of us on the plane and traveling, you know, that turned into Namibia, Johannesburg, that turned into uh, Tanzania, that turns into Dubai, Mexico, and talk shows and everything came to fruition, but we lived it in our imagination first. So I'm big on putting it in the world and creating it in energy first. Absolutely. I love what you said about meeting the day and bringing your imagination to life around that circumference when you're moving with that energy, that positive energy, what type of affirmations are you telling yourself? Not really an affirmation person. Like I say, um, 
you you experience life in three ways, either mentally, emotionally, or physically. Affirmations are to mentally program your, your mind, right? So just like a song or just like a hook, and you're saying this affirmation over and over and over and over and over, and you're jumpstarting your mind, right? So even when we feel or we, we, based on what you connect to, that's how you're going to process life. So people who, 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 who sometimes are trapped in their feelings, that's because like they're interacting with life emotionally, right? So I like to say 30, 30, 30. I live 30% of my mind, 30% of my heart, 30% of my body. And that's how I stay in alignment, right? So when you're out of alignment and you're overwhelmed mentally, that's because you're living too much in your head. You're living too much in your mind, right? So I flow through life. It's not about affirmations. It's about understanding how I need to process a thought, how I need to process an action, and, and what part of my body does, does this certain level of success or life depend on. Sometimes I'm going to need my heart more. Sometimes I'm going to need my mind. Sometimes I'm going to need my body. Even when you injure, like if I go play basketball, and I sprained my ankle, you get in a car accident. Now you need your mind to get your body back in shape. Sometimes you need, you're going to need your heart to get your mind in order. So some people are in relationships and they love a person so much that the person mistreats them, the person neglects them, the person disrespects them. But because you love the person and you have these deep feelings, now you can't get your mind back in track. But, you know, and I always say, if your mind and body don't get along, you are your biggest enemy. So it's in that organization first of how I do everything, knowing how to uh, categorize life. Okay, is this is this something that my mind can conquer? Is this something that my body can conquer? Is this something that my heart can conquer? And I also protect myself that way, right? I protect, like men, all men, you have to understand, even when you, you interact with the opposite sex or whatever, some people see a woman and she just looks beautiful and they're like, wow, I love her. Right. And you didn't put her through a mental test. You, you didn't put her through a mental test to make sure she's going to love you mentally, emotionally. She has empathy, compassion, commitment. Right. So the minute you you allow the physicality of her body to become why you're going to make a choice. Now you're going to run into other issues. So I keep myself safe mentally. You have to pass my mind before I, I allow you in my heart. Right. So with some things. You know, even when it comes to vision or even when it comes to where I want to be, I know how to operate it in my mind first. And then I know how to gradually allow it to process my emotional space. And then if I got to put in work physical, if I got to get up every day and be consistent, my, it's, it's, it's cooperation. And, and, it, and it's uh, like I say, being in alignment. So I'm more in alignment, not really affirmation driven just in alignment, in alignment with the goal, in alignment with the dream, in alignment with peace, love. And I know how to, uh, I know how to generate love, right? So some people emotionally dehydrated and they need love and they're waiting to receive it. But if you give love, you create it, right? So I know how to give love, to experience love. I know how to give motivation, to have motivation. I know, I know how to give opportunity to experience opportunity, right? So it's all of those domino effects of, of how I process and see life. Absolutely. With that organization and that flow and that balance, were there any books along the way that you read or any life experiences you like to share that helped you get to this balanced level to give you this foresight? I definitely have some books, but life is a book, you know? 
I, I grew up, I didn't even know how to read, you know, to the age of 19, I graduated from high school and I couldn't read the diploma. Um, so at a very young age, I learned how to process life. And for most of my life in the beginning, I never taught. I used to always just observe. So, um, but as a man think of was a great book for me, rich dad, poor dad. Uh, it's another book. It didn't start with you. Uh, another book by Russell Simmons, do you, uh, and then like I homeschooled my son as well. So my, my son read so many books that I just sat and listened to, but, but life, like nothing more than life, like life is, is my highest level of education, you know, and, and, and I could just watch kids interact and learn. I could watch um, birds. I could watch anything and, and it becomes a part of my education. So, and, and like, sometimes it could be an emotional process. It could be many different processes on how, how I just capture information because that's life in a nutshell, right? Being able to, cause it's all food. Right. So when you say what someone eat physically, like we eat mentally, we eat emotionally. So I'm watching what I watch. I'm watching who and what I follow because it's all a part of a diet. So uh, when you're at a certain level of peace, you, you have to uh, interact with things that maintain your peace. Right. Or, or keep you balanced or keep you healthy. So <clears throat> I wouldn't just say it's books alone. Or I wouldn't say it's just movies alone or documentaries alone. I, I just invite life. I invite lessons. I invite things that feel good. I welcome people who, who, who teach me. I learn from so many different people, so many different cultures, so many different conversations. And like I said, I'm big on implementing conversations. I know how to uh, take bits and pieces of a conversation or interaction and turn that into, uh, like, like I'm great at processing information. You know, because like you have, you have, you have knowledge and then you have wisdom, right? The knowledge is just the content, right? So you could read a book, but that don't mean you become it, right? So becoming the book, turn it into a lifestyle, knowing how to extract the information and making it a part of your life. Some people read, but like, you know, they say read and comprehension. Some people don't comprehend. Some people don't capture and some people don't become the information. I'm great at processing the information and that's, in any form that that um I encounter it. So I'm always looking for information I, in everything. Like I'm I trying to give you an that, example. No, I really love yeah. the fact that you're always looking for information. It's sort of like animals. Animals don't have the opportunity to read books, but they observe the nature, they observe what is what and what is formidable for them and what is not. Mm -hmm. I love that concept. Before we had even Reed Caveman had to observe, right? So I think that's a great tool that you just shared. If you think of any examples, stop me and let me know. And then we'll continue that flow as well. So here we are. We saw Muhammad Ali on TV. He gave you some light. He gave you some incentive to get up and, and you know, start gradually making those steps. And throughout life, you learn to go with the flow with a 30% rule of each thing and let things flow and let it be a river that collects the good, the good stuff and waste the bad stuff and keep your mind, body, and spirit collected. I don't believe I, not good and bad. Just not, not really, I, yeah, like when you when you name it, when you title it, when you give it an, an energy, it becomes that. So I, so I like, you know, I really wouldn't say good and bad. Yeah. Through all of that, through the man you are today, what did you sacrifice to get here? <clears throat> um, 
myself, right? Because because like when you like when you say me, right? Even even you, like when you go I I right. Sometimes we become people go to school, they become the degree. People get a job, they become the job. People become a parent. We get locked in these characters. We get locked in these titles, right? So I, I never stays the same. I always changes if you're growing, right? When I say I, I am not the same I from five years ago. I has evolution, right? Even even sometimes like people go, oh man, you lost your mind, right? That is a blessing, especially if your mind is not benefiting you, right? So I used to be a dark person. I used to be a cold person because I've been through a lot, you know, uh, molested at six years old, foster home, crazy hospitals. I've been through a lot of pain. That pain, that pain, uh, I was in prison of that pain. I was afraid to express myself. I didn't know how to cry. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't have a father, right? So I turned into a cold person. And that's what happens when we go through trauma, when we don't know how to express our feelings. You know, emotion is energy and motion. So when, when you're trapped, when your feelings are trapped, when your tears are trapped, I was a cold person. I, 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 I express myself through pain, right? So feelings are going to come out one way and one way or the other. So because I didn't know how to express them verbally, I expressed them physically. Right? I had a lot of anger. I wanted to hurt people. I wanted to, I was a bully. I, I was I was angry because I was holding all of this anger in. So when I say I was in prison, I was in prison because of my because of the pain. I was in prison because of my experiences. So when I say I had to sacrifice I I had to sacrifice that person and, and I had to lose my mind because my mind was, was broken. My mind was damaged. My mind was limited. My mind was trapped and I couldn't escape my experience. So that was the first thing, losing my mind to gain a new one, learning how to love, learning how to feel, learning how to embrace people, learning how to respect people learning how to love myself, learning how to, to be patient and not put so much pressure on myself, learning how to forgive myself, learning how to not blame myself for things that wasn't my fault. So that was the elevation of me and, and sacrificing the pain that I've been through and, and sacrificing um, the person that so many men become. Right. Because like they say, men are, oh, be tough, be strong, be hard. Right. But that man, that style and, and blueprint of manhood was destroying me. You know, I couldn't be a father with that perspective. I couldn't be loving. I couldn't be caring. And so many men don't know how to express themselves because at a young age, you know, I was abused. Uh, if I was crying, like my mother used to whoop me until I stopped crying. So. I don't know how to feel because, you know, they say, hey, you were raised this way. Like, so I was raised and cultivated into turning my emotions off. So I had to sacrifice that person to become the man that I am today. I appreciate that. With that transformation, for those who may be experiencing that same road, 
is that a lonely process or is that a process that you hold on to many people that can help you along the way? What does that transformation look like? Is that something you have to sit in the dark alone and really change? Or is, how do you go about that process to developing yourself? Well, souls are not one size fit all. You know, what worked for me may not work for you and may not work for the, uh, for another person. Right. So even that's what I do with my life and working on books, courses and you know, I do one-on-one sessions and I help people with some of my strategies and techniques. So I can't give a one-size-fit-all and this is what someone will do and this is what they'll go through because we all live different. We all feel different. So what worked for me and, and it was a roller coaster, you know, it was a dark space. It, it was, it was, it was, I equated to a cocoon. Right. So if you take a caterpillar and, and you think of the caterpillar's environment before it enters the cocoon to become the butterfly. Right. In that transition is dark. In that transition, it's lonely. Right. But imagine a caterpillar ripping out of the cocoon because it's dark and because they're afraid. Right. So I had to go through a lot of uncomfortable moments. It, it's, it's sort of like a mourning process. I had to mourn myself. I had to isolate myself. You know, so it's so many different phases. And then that's why I say, like, we process life in three ways, mentally, emotionally, physically. I had to go through an emotional process. I had to go to a, through a mental process. And I also had to go through a physical process. So it, it's, it's different spaces where you have to heal. One, I had to heal my mind of the thoughts so I could not be triggered over and over and over again. I didn't trust adults. I didn't trust myself. I didn't love myself. So it's one thing in healing the mind and it's another thing with healing the heart. So it's so many different phases and so many different approaches based on who and what the experience is. But for me, uh, everything, like, like, like I would say problems only mean you're alive, right? So in healing and growing, you go, you go through life, right? You go through life. So everything that life comes with, like you look at the day, it's darkness, it's light, right? So I went through darkness, right? I, I went through moments where it was beautiful. I went through moments and, and, and there was no, there's no such thing as healed. I call it the ING words, like growing, living, learning, healing. You're always healing, you're always growing. So, you know, but everything you can imagine, every emotion, every up and down, every battle. And, um, I don't look at it in a, in a, I don't look at it in a negative way. I value the process of life, right? Pain is a teacher and pain comes with two things, pain and information. But sometimes we're so connected to the pain that we miss the information, right? My pain taught me more than anybody. So again, when you say what taught me, right? So pain is another component, right? So you, you look at any, you, you look at Kung Fu, Jiu Jitsu, monks, ninjas, how they break bricks with their hand. The same pain that they learn how to endure, me and you will have to go to the hospital for, right? They break bricks with their hand and head, like me and you, yeah. we going to the hospital, yeah. you know? So pain taught me so much. Like I said, I've been through extreme pain when I was young to the point that, you know, at first I did not connect with the pain. And at first um, I distracted myself from feeling and feeling pain. Now my tolerance of pain is level. So the things that hurt some people won't really get to me. 
But at the same time, I do embrace whenever I feel emotions and whenever I feel things that, I, that um, I'm supposed to process. Because um, like I say, emotions is energy in motion. So you have to allow your mind, your heart to go through the process of rendering life. And that's all trauma and anxiety is. It, it's, it's, the, it's the rendering process of what of your experience. So when we go through things, it's like if you watch a snake eat a deer and, and that deer is like, is a bump, right? So sometimes our pain and trauma is, is, is processing, right? And some people run from the process and that's what creates anxiety that you're trying to, you're trying to block the feelings. You're trying to block the emotions. You're trying to distract yourself. And as long as you do that, you're gonna, you're gonna have a long life to live because you have to let your experiences process through your mind and process through your heart, so. I love this, I love this conversation. I love this flow that we're having. I wanna get off you know, some of the deep topics and get into some light stuff, just quick stuff, quick hit questions, nothing serious. What have you procrastinated on and why? Uh, doing this, right, talking, because because um, my background is in directing. So I used to make music videos, uh, even with my son traveling the world. So I never wanted to be on a camera. I never wanted to be on a camera. I never wanted to be a public person. But for years, everybody who knew me, everybody, like my son been in Forbes, been on Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, Steve Harvey show, all of these shows. And I turned them all down. My son was offered TV shows. And even when I used to direct. So I never wanted to do this so I, I I could put that with procrastination because I could have helped millions of more people so even with social media like August 8th made a year since I've been consistent on TikTok and, and a year on Instagram so some people see me and see my stuff and they think I've been doing this for years August 8th really made a year since I've been consistent it's just I connected so quick so if I could say procrastination I, I'll say giving myself to the world and helping people. Let's uh, pivot and have, I'm gonna ask you this question now. This is an awesome conversation because you and I both have sons that get to travel the world. My son is a little bit younger than yours, but describe that feeling. I also come from a home where for a short time, I didn't have a father as well. Describe mm -hmm. that feeling that you now can be a better father with intent through your life experiences. What is that feeling like for you, directly for you, how does it feel to give him this advancement and this opportunity to see the world and not just the neighborhood and not just his surroundings? Uh, I'd say, <laughs> and that's the funny thing, like, cause you said earlier, serious topics. And to me, I, it's like, you know, I talk about this stuff so much. I know, but see the basis of this show is to make help people that don't have the basics intact. All the things mm -hmm. you've been saying have been great. Right. It, it, it poses a question of self of self love, of self intake to see what you're doing, how you're balancing. And the point of this show, even though they watch different episodes of people answering the same types of questions, everyone gives their own soul answer. You said, well, no one size fit all. So pieces of this environment, pieces of this information helps people develop something where they can take and flourish. I agree. Um, 
Uh, I think I'm still rendering that, man. I think I'm. I think I think I'm still processing that because a lot of my son's journey, I was still in survival mode. I was still figuring myself out, and I and I did a, I did a lot of it out of right. love. You know, I did a lot of it out of love because my, it's what my son wanted to do. I got custody of my son at four years old, and that was a whirlwind. You know, I wasn't ready at the time. Homeschooled my son, so so to travel the world and just live and just do all these things that we did. It's, it's still rendering, you know, even even me now, like I'm doing this stuff, which I had no idea. My son actually took a break in 2020, but I'll say that 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 is still rendering even for him. Like my son, it was literally like last year because uh, because every year they celebrate my son for Black History Month and all these schools post him up. And uh, he said, he said, Dad, man, what did I do? Like like he don't even he's still rendering how amazing and, and how like big he actually did it as a young speaker being able to talk for an hour and 40 minute hour and 40 minute like he just so the phenomenon is still rendering in him i don't think he's going to get it until he get older and i think collectively when i see my journey or however it's captured and me and my son's journey and story even now i got almost eight hard drives of traveling the world like when it's put together in a movie and documentary but of course like it wasn't it wasn't even the traveling just better life period like being there for my son, like, cause I always say a man I grew up without a father can heal himself by being there for his son. So that made me happy. That made me feel all the joy in the world. Just being there, just talking to him, just connecting with him, just a high five, just holding his hand, just picking him up when he used to lay on my chest and just everything. I just, I just acknowledged him and I just treated him like he was me because I know how it feel now. To have a father, I know how it feel to walk down the street and stare in grown men faces, wondering if I'm walking past my father. So I just showed up for me, meaning I showed up for my pain. I showed up for the, the nights I cried, you know, and I gave my heart and soul, and I still do to this day. But um, so it wasn't even the traveling. So that, that's why I say like, so I, it's just I mean, beautiful. I just wanted to hear what you had to say because I can relate. It's a different energy, man. It's a different energy yeah. that makes me get up and move for my son. No matter if I depleted myself throughout mm -hmm. the day, it's a different, he has a different fuel tank that I got to get up and use for him. And I just mm -hmm. think it's amazing to hear another black man speak so highly of his kids. You know what I'm saying? Especially on a media platform. Well, you know, a lot of times we don't get that light, brother. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate nah, every every time I speak is is what I do, and that's why again, in hindsight, I'm like, man, if I would have jumped in front of this camera earlier and did this and did this, and there's no telling what me and my son will be today. But everything happens when it's supposed to happen. I'm, yeah, I'm you, you spoke, it, you spoke you know. about flow, so we just letting it flow right now. You yeah. you right on time. Yeah. yeah. Agree. How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you go? Mm. For me, that was big. Uh, that was really everything. That, that was everything for me. So our, our first place, me and my, because I, I was traveling as a director, California, uh, North Carolina, like just traveling, St. Louis, shooting music videos, documenting things. So for me, when I got the opportunity to travel and see that the world was just not my environment, to see that people are not just one way and that is many different mindsets and thought processes and many different spaces and attitudes and lifestyles. And you get to see your environment as this small place and this small puzzle piece of the world. 
it was a major part of my development and awareness. So a lot of times we like to say that we're products of our environment, but what people have to understand is that your environment is a product. Someone make the rules for your environment. Someone creates the blueprint. Someone has the floor plan for your block, for your community. So when it comes to your education, when it comes to your curriculum, someone is choosing the books, someone is choosing what you learn. So that is not a good concept to say that you're a product of your environment. You have to understand that someone is creating your environment. So if someone is creating your environment, you believe that you're a product of your environment, then they're creating you. So it's so it's an amazing thing to get out of your environment so you can understand that concept. Even as you land, when you land and you see that, you see your town or your state is a little pebble and you land and you see it become big, but it's just a small blip of the world. And, and traveling the world, seeing new people, meeting new coaches, learning new information, meeting new people. It's one of the beautiful things for me and, and it's a major part of my development. And I encourage so many people to get out there, not, not only physically, but mentally. Allow yourself to read books. Allow yourself to go into a space where you leave with the information. Because uh, once I did start to read and just educate myself, I learned how to live in the information. I learned how to, you know, also I learned like when my son went to Africa and then heard about it, it was two different things. Like he, he, he landed there, his foot touched, his feet touched the ground. So that becomes, you know, his story, a set of history. Cause, cause with history, sometimes it gets misinterpreted on, on someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. But when you get to see it, breathe it, smell it, live it, touch the people, with your own two eyes, that becomes a book of your journey. You All right, two questions I have for you here. Tell me the last time you had a cultural development where you came into a, a situation where you seen something for the first time and it was actually like, wow, this is brand new for me. Like describe that feeling or what it was. And then I'll ask you the second question after that. Mm -hmm. hmm. Something that was brand new for me. I'm trying to think of the first thing that popped up. Something that was brand new for me. Something that was brand new. What was the last brand new thing for me? I don't know. This <laughs> talking, you know, <laughs> hey, talking, getting used. I, I, to, I take that. You say you've been, you know, pushing it to the side, waiting for that development. When you talk about your experiences, and when you talk about where have you been, you travel, the things you've taken on, the shows your son done, the things that you've done. How hard is it for you to communicate with people who have not yet opened up this pathway to their vision? And when you're trying to have a conversation, do you try to convince people or you just lower lower the expectations of the content? What is your process? That's one of my gifts. I, I have a great way of communicating with people. Through my journey of special ed, foster homes, you know, not learning, I always say it's a difference between being dumb and stupid right? You're, you're stupid, quote unquote, or ignorant if you if you never had the opportunity to learn. So I grew up foster homes and different things. So um, a lot of things got pushed to the back burner, right? So I was ignorant because I had a limited ability or limited access to information. But, but, but you're dumb if you have the access, the books, the will to get up and do, and you choose to stay that way, right? So when you can get up, when you can change your life when it's in your own hands and you don't choose to do that, that's when you become responsible. That's when you are an accomplice 
to your conditions, right? So what, what was your question that. again? What was your question again? I love again? that. I love that. How hard it is for you to okay okay I, I, got, I, I got you yeah. i got you right so my gift is that I, I have like two operating systems right so i travel this whole world and i see how like brilliant people lose the minds of people that's learning because they speak to people like they think and people don't learn like that right even though and it's five different learning styles right so like i said i'm closer to being like and people look at dumb and ignorant like like uh, it's a negative thing. Whether you're creating music or you're or you're you're drawing or painting a picture, when you paint a picture, like you're more creative when you have a blank canvas. When you're producing a beat, I used to make beats. When I first started making beats, I was making the same beat over and over again because I got a favorite sound, a favorite tempo, and I was using all the same sounds. Right. But I tapped into my creativity when I stopped thinking about all sounds and I started just doing anything. Right. So silence. Ignorance, quote unquote, meaning like I'm going to approach tomorrow as I know, as, as if I don't know anything. Right. I'm going to approach people without judging them, without thinking what they think, without thinking what they know. So ignorance is such a gift. Right. So even in my brain, like I said, I operate from two operating systems. Me being that special ed kid, that's when I was my most creative. That's when I was my most innovative because I didn't have the pressure of learning a curriculum. Even high school, I, I never was indoctrinated. My mind was always free. I had the biggest thoughts, the biggest imagination. Even that's why I think me and my son connect so well because I wasn't an, I, I, I say a successful adult is a person that killed the kid inside of them, right? So, I'm still a big kid in many ways and imagination and creativity. And I still am close to, like I said, being that kid that feel like I don't know anything. So I don't approach things like I know everything and I don't approach people like I'm smarter than them. Right. So I know how to talk to a kid and tap into his soul. I know how to talk to a person and I know how to pick up on their rhythm and I know how to pick up on how they process information. So I don't speak over people's head. I don't speak over their mind. So, and I always say understanding can't be borrowed. Like when you say something, it means something completely different. Like when, when words leave your mouth, it hit the next person's ears completely different, especially if you don't give yourself time enough to listen to them. Communication is a rhythm. Language is a rhythm. Talking is a rhythm, right? So we all process information differently. So that's one of my big things. Like I listen, you know, I process and I know how to take a big thought and shrink it down. And I know how to create analogies. So you understand. So even if you see a lot of my content, that's what you'll see in the comments. Like, wow, I never thought of that like that. Or I never, right? I know how to, and, and that's because my two brains operate. If I have a big thought, I know how to say, man, how would my 17-year-old self heard this thought that didn't know how to write, read? I want to be able to get it. Okay, do I get it? Okay, now I got it. Okay, now, now I ball that message up and then I give it to the world. So I'm like, okay, it's not so dumbed down. We're turned off a highly intelligent, intellectual person. And it's not so much over your head to where a person that's 10, year old, 10 years old won't, won't get this thought. So I, I break it down like that. Well, I appreciate that. Those listening, this is the tactic you can take. This is what you can do. Process yourself correctly. 
Now I got a rather intrusive question, but maybe not for you because you said a lot of things don't bother you. But it's a two-part question, and I'm going to ask you this question. You can either answer or just give a gem if you like. Mm -hmm. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? Love. Mm. <laughs> love, right? So let me share this story with you. I was in love with being abused, right? Because every time my mother abused me, she told me she loved me. That's why she was doing it. All right, so let's unpack that. I mean, so you have I, yeah, let's definitely unpack that. But, you know, there's a point in in the 80s and 90s where you heard that a lot. That was, like, cohesive in most households. But please mm -hmm. continue. So, like I said, when I did grow up, I went, I went from the foster home from, like, when I, when I was 6 turning 7 all the way to 14. When I was 14, I came back home. But, you know, so I grew up with two older sisters, and I guess because my mother connected with them more, they got all the time, they got all the attention. And as for me, I never, I never felt like I got my mother's attention. I never felt like I got my mother's love. So I would always be fighting for my mother's love. I would always be fighting for my mother's attention. And the one way I could get my mother's attention, if I was quote unquote being bad. So if I was bad, or if I did something wrong, or if I wasn't listening, it's one thing I could depend on that my mother was going to beat me and my mother was going to whoop me. So every day she whooped me, at least I was getting my mother's attention. At least I was getting her love that, that, that I yearned for. And, and I've, and I started to love that. I started to love being hit. I started to love being whooped. I started to love being, you know, going through that roller coaster. And it's so important for parents to understand that like words have power. Don't tell your children because you're hitting them or whooping them or beating them that you love them because now they want to inflict pain back on the world and, and they could have a, a perversion of that is being loved. Even to the point, it was one time I got hit by a car and um, I was in the house for about almost two weeks, like something like that. I don't remember the exact time. I got hit twice. One time I got hit by a car, nothing really happened. Like it kind of like hit my hat. I had a hat on when I was young. Hat fell off, I jumped back up, running around. So second time I got hit, the car like ran into my legs. I flew, I flew in the air, fell. But but I don't really think I was that hurt. And it wasn't until like I seen my mother's face, right? And it's the first time I seen my mother care about me. Like on her face. This is the first time I seen her care. And it was so mind blowing to me. That, that I, I faked her to extract as much love from my mother ever, right? And that's where, like, my first interactions and, and encounters, because love is like an education, right? Like, some people love on a second grade level, some people love on a college level, based on your in interpretation and understanding of what love means. So for me, love was abusive, love was traumatizing, love was selfish, love was... Love was um, rare i didn't have that many encounters with love nor did i see my mother love or hug or express love so like for, for most of us we encounter love in our in our household right and when i say household i mean household right because your house has a hold on you some people still live the way that, that they were raised in the house so for me i would say love you know that was the most However you worded it, like 
that was that. That's how yeah, I looked yeah. at all that. I, I, listen, that was excellent the way you explained. You made me think of a song called Love's Gonna Get You by Karis One, where he talks mm-hmm. about love in a certain way, but it's a, it's a different type of love where people are used to hearing it. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. I appreciate that. When we talk about the caterpillar coming into the butterfly and the way your mom treated you, did that affect your trans your transactions with women going forward in your life, trying to develop those relationships? <clears throat> Most definitely. Uh, I had a, I had a big uh, distrust for women. I, I had a hole in my heart for how I loved myself because, like I say, my mother, my mother never um taught me love my mother never expressed love my mother my mother never gave love and love as like i process it now as a father and loving my son um but you know when time as time goes like now me and my mother have a great relationship and the healing work that i did and finding myself and learning myself i have the opportunity to give my, my mother some of the same tools and information but it definitely infected me because that was my education Right. So even when we say emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is like it's like all intelligence. So it's the same way as if a person can't read and you give them a book and and you see that they're struggling with second grade words. That's their level. Even when people in relationships, um, a lot of people act childish when they become emotionally impacted. When they get mad, when they get angry, now they turn into a big kid slamming doors. Ah, like they turn into the kid because that's the last age that they process and learn how to intelligently interact with their emotions. So because, like I said, when I was molested at six, I, sh- I shut down my emotional space not to feel the pain that I was feeling and going through on top of the abuse. And my mother saying I was, I was acting like a little girl. I used to get hit and beaten. So I never wanted to act like a little girl. So I never wanted to cry. I never wanted to feel. So when you're dealing with women, you have to feel. Women are, are people who feel like they, they want to tell you and express themselves. They also want you to express yourself. So like when you can't speak a language, you don't know the words. I did not know the words to my feelings. I did not know the words to how I felt. It's the same way when your parents tell you don't touch the stove because it's hot. Imagine never registering what hot means. So you keep touching the stove, right? So I did not know how to, if you don't know how to feel, you're not going to have a good relationship with women, right? So, so that was another disconnect. I could not process women emotions. So if I made them sad or if I made them, uh, if I disrespected them, I did not know to to what level I was disrespecting them. So I was just living, but uh, inadvertently I, I was causing pain and harm to to people and women. But that pain was deeply rooted in my upbringing. Absolutely, you say you learn through pain, and that's how you really developed yourself through different types of avenues. And I appreciate you being so transparent. Now, let me ask you this question. Now, this is one of the questions. We only have a few questions left. I'm not going to hold you too much longer. But this is one of the questions I like to ask just to see where we all got it from. Most of the times I know the answer, but hey, let's talk about this. Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex education? Rap videos. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It wasn't wasn't a person. It wasn't people. It it was music videos. That's, That's where I got my first... Sex right. education. Most of us, right? Or got, you know, talked to by people in the neighborhood asking, hey man, you 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 know we watered that flower yet? Some type of weird metaphor they'll say to you. But mm-hmm. as we are now, what is the what is your process in developing 
young minds now to step into this very responsible situation that could lead to many things. It could lead to, you know, a great time. It can lead to diseases, it lead to building, starting a family impromptu. What is the conversations we should have now and from your perspective of sex education? Um, well, the way uh, me and my son interacted and even at an early young age, I, I don't believe in the world teaching you anything before I teach you. So when my son was young, I, I showed no, him everything. It is. <laughs> my, my, my son seen everything, birth, but everything through context, right? So so when, when, when children randomly see a naked body or a naked woman, right? Of course they learn and they have feelings or they have sensations as they grow. But I, I show my son the context of a naked woman, her body parts, her giving birth, sexuality, right? And, and I never sugarcoated it, right? Sometimes we like to say grade and we like to teach children based on, hey, you're in the first grade, you're in the second grade, Google Gaga, right? I never treated my son like a quote unquote kid. I treated him like a soul that was learning information. So when it came to sex, I told him about every body part, every piece. We talked about diseases. We talked about, you know, rape, molestation on top of my issues and the things that I've been through, you know, I don't believe in sugarcoat and I don't believe in waiting till you argue. I don't believe in waiting till your children bring somebody in the house or waiting to a certain age. If you wait to talk to your daughter when she get 18, that's too late. You wait till you talk to your son when they get 18, that's too late. My son was six years old, six or seven years old when I was showing him everything. But like I said, with context, do you see this? This is this part. Do you see this? This is your body part. Hey, this is what you do. Hey, you have to be this way, this way. Make sure no one touch you this way. Make sure you don't touch. Make sure, okay, look, this is how children are made because you're given an education, you're teaching. And then as they grow, now you can build on that information. But if you wait to get angry, if you wait to get upset, if you wait for something to happen to them, if you wait for them to see a movie, if you wait for them to go to school and people are showing porn por pornography, right? The world is teaching them something and now that's the shock or now that's the the, the, the a limited amount of, amount of information because you don't see with your eyes, you see with your mind. Your eyes allow you to vision, your mind allows you to see. So the more information you build in the mind, that's how the eyes interpret it. So when my son see a nudity or a, 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 a woman that's nude, he's not like, oh my God, look, body parts. No, you know, this is the breast, this is the vagina, this is, he knows the parts, the pieces, he's, he's educated. So it's not catching him off guard. And even if he is aroused or if he feels something, we talk about that. We talk about why it's appealing to the eyes. So I break it down and I don't sugarcoat and I look at it as educating a soul. The way you go about this process, do you ever think there could be a basic training program in our neighborhoods where let's say I was your neighbor and you taught these things and I taught these things. We taught financial literacy, communication, how to change a tire, gardening, generational wealth, talking to the elderly with intent. Do you ever think we can actually have a community-based projects process? outside of the church, outside of the education system, outside of the library, where we're actually giving these life gems directly to our children in a community tribe fashion? Uh, I think we should. And I think it's important, even though I know a lot of coaches, because that's what you run into. You run into coaches, you run into, um, you know, the way people process life. Because, you know, when, some, when we have children, other than abuse or other than molestation, whatever the case, 
when you're a parent, I can't teach you or tell you how to operate with your children. You can't teach me how to, or tell me what to do with my children. So, but I definitely think we, sh we should have a place if people choose to go to, because some people may not feel comfortable, right? You, ha you have a lot of uh, single parent households and you may not, you may have a mother that don't want to talk to her son. Because I run into that with, with so many different situations and um, things where women don't feel comfortable with their sons. And, you know, so you have so many, but, but I definitely think, think it should be a place, even outside of like school and their sex ed conversation, it should be a place where uh, that information or it should be, it should be access and it, and it, and it should be promoted and it should be a normal conversation, you know? So, so I, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, I hope we get to that point. That's the point of some of these shows right here, just to put it in the minds of people. My question was for you, do you see yourself represented in entertainment and television? But I'm going to go ahead and, and skip that question because I feel you're doing the due diligence right now to make sure we spread this growth. The gems you are dropping today have really grown me. And also, I believe the person, whoever, whoever, whoever listens to this, they're going to be enlightened. 10 times over and they're going to be able to move forward and actually spread the good word of good flow or the flow. Mm. Like you like to say, just continue mm. the flow. Life. Yeah, life. Yeah. I want to poll you. I want to know the top three things you want in a woman. And I want to hear what you have to say with the top three things you would like in a woman. Then we got a couple more questions and we're going to be. Halas, we're going to be done. <laughs> so. Like, I, like, cause I, I, I do this every day, right? Yeah, let's do it. I, like I, I say, I, I, I conduct one-on-one -on -one sessions. So already this year, I, hundreds and hundreds of people and it's a big relationship problem in the world, right? So here's my, here's my philosophy, right? A relationship is nothing but human behavior, right? And then there's, to me, right? There's no such thing as being single because you're always in a relationship. That relationship is the relationship that you have with yourself, right? So when you ask yourself, you know, are you faithful to yourself? Are you loyal to yourself? Are you committed to yourself? Are you honest with yourself, right? So a relationship in a woman, to me, is a mirror, right? So when I say, what are some of the things that I need for me, right? For me to be happy, for me to be balanced, for me to have alignment with myself, right? So with myself in a relationship with myself, you know, commitment, commitment is a, is a big component. When you understand commitment, you understand, and I'm not talking about commitment um, with abuse, right? Uh, mental and emotional abuse, allowing yourself to stay somewhere just because you love someone. I'm not talking about that, right? I'm talking about being committed to a soul, being committed to a journey, you know, really understanding and knowing why you bring value to a person or a person brings value to you. And, and another one, empathy, right? So empathy, even in my own journey, it took me a long time to process my feelings, my emotions, and it took me to have empathy for my own experience. So with empathy, I feel what you're going through and I can comprehend and, and fully understand, right? So commitment, empathy, and because a lot of times when you say love, like people say, hey, I need a person to love me. We don't understand that that is a layered, that is a layer, that's layered. Like, like if you say, hey, I need a person that believe in God, 
right? For, for, for thousands of people, God means many different things, right? So when you say, I need a person to love me, somebody could love you, but what version of love are they loving you with? You know, it could be a man that, that was raised in a household that watched his mother beat his father for 30 years. So, and, and, and if he's abusive to you and you go, why are you hitting me? I thought you loved me. To him, he do love you because he watched his mother be abused and his mother loved his father and they're still together, right? So it's so important to understand what version of love someone is loving you with, right? So empathy, commitment, and someone willing to grow based on new information. Mm. So those are my those are my three things, right? Would you because characterize that someone willing to grow like intelligence, or how would you characterize that? Uh, because right, <clears throat> sometimes we want the perfect person, and we want to meet a person, right? So you could be attracted to a person, and this is why I say right, because sometimes I pull this question and I ask people what's their favorite cake, and people go, "Hey, chocolate cake, vanilla," right? but they don't know that they're only talking about the icing. Like that's not the cake, the cake. What is the cake made out of? What's the inside of the cake? So sometimes we date like that. We date the icing of a person. Oh, this person looks good. Oh, this person has a nice car. This person has a nice house. That's icing. That's not the person, right? So when, when you, when you are in a relationship with a person, you have to know what the person is made out of, right? What have they been through? What are their experiences? What are their journey, right? And then now that person is going to change based on the interaction. Because when you get in a relationship, you're merging realities. You get in that person's mindset, that person's habits, that person's belief system, that person's diet, that person's health history, right? And then same thing as yours. So now you guys are becoming one. Their trauma now is your trauma, their world, their, their now now you guys are one. So even like I always say, show me two people that loved one another that separated and I'll show you two people that ran out of information, right? So, so when you have a, a relationship that, that lasts, it's going to take more than looks. It's going to take more than a car, more than a house. It's going to take more than, a, than a, a superficial things. It's going to take learning new information to guide one another into the future. So that's why I say I need a person open enough to when when you learn something new, you're not afraid to grow past the person that you are currently, because that's the number one reason that people disagree. People don't disagree because because other people are right or wrong. People disagree because they don't want to remove their comfort zone. So when you get in a relationship and you have a concept of manhood and this is who I am and this is what I do, it's going to be hard for you to have a, a, a successful relationship with longevity. Right. So now people don't want to become a stranger to themselves. So now if you're 35 and you go, hey, and I, and I, and I reveal to you a new category of information and you go, wow. Now, if this is right and I'm wrong, now I got to be vulnerable to learning this new information. But now it's like my life starts over. Right. So so I need a person that's not afraid to grow. I need a person that's not afraid to to have a new wealth of knowledge and fall in love with the process of becoming. Excellent answer, my friend. Let's continue. Now these now these next couple of questions, you, I just want you to pick one and explain why, okay? No problem. As, as a husband, would you rather have a great woman or okay. a great wife? <laughs> uh, a great woman. 
wife wife is characteristics of of of, of the woman I, I want a, a great woman like you in your in your being like you in who you are I, I want you like I said it's no such thing as, as a relation it's no such thing as being single you're always in a relationship with yourself so I want you to be whole in your womanhood I want you to be balanced in your womanhood right and, and I want you to be equipped and solid within yourself um, because me, I want to be a solid, balanced, healed, hold, loving, caring, compassionate man before I'm a husband, right? Because that's like a title, that's a concept. But a man is like, a man is like the feet, the, the, the husband is the shoe, like, okay, I'm going inside, like, you know what I'm saying? I love your analogies to that. I believe it spawns from always observing for the first 19 years yeah. and learning to learn in that way. So I think that what makes you so unique and very important, like mm -hmm. the, the hindsight and the vision you have. I love your analogies because many times I talk in analogies and people mm -hmm. look at me like, where did you get that from? Like I came from yeah. observing just like you. Sometimes you have to observe in situations that we grew up in. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to observe environments and understand that energy is shifting and it needs mm -hmm. to, you need to make a move yourself i appreciate that yeah because it's like a vehicle like that the, the car don't make the man the man you know so it's like a, if you're a woman and you go wow he's handsome because he got a nice car okay but he got to come out of it when mm -hmm. he out the car do you do you like him do you like him in the house now do you like <laughs> him do you car. like him in <laughs> you know do you like him in conversation do you like him when you interact with him? Like he, he can have a Bentley Rolls Royce, but if if he's empty, if he can't talk, like, okay, so it's the same thing. Like, if you don't like that man, then how can you like him as a husband? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Seriously. If they were giving out awards, would you rather have father of the year or man of the year? <laughs> uh Well, again, father is the shoe again, you know? So like I said, sometimes we become the, even even though it's an honor and, and father has been my highest level of education, right? So if I say like the, the, the things that taught me the most, pain, fatherhood, fatherhood, father, I got a degree in fatherhood. Like I'm a doctor in fatherhood, you know? <laughs> father, fatherhood, fatherhood taught me the most. Fatherhood taught me how to love myself. Fatherhood taught me how to, embrace the journey to grow to um everyday fatherhood it pulls you in so many different directions so first man right because like i told you like that that is the core you know but fatherhood is not my full identity That's first i have to be i have to be a great man first you know i have to love myself as a man you know i have to know myself as as a man you know and be balanced as a man to, to be the father that I am. I think you just wrote a new book, A Degree in Fatherhood. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you can take yeah. that and run with it. All I'm saying. Yeah. All day I, I talk I talk books. That's like the people that work with me. But, you know, all that stuff, all that stuff. Look, I got to tell you, it's not like seeing your imagination in person. Even with this year, I'll be completely honest with you, man. The way like our brand and I, even with my son, like I used to get like I used to be, I used to be uncomfortable with how my body used to register my journey. And if I tell you the glimpses and the feelings that I get from just processing myself and how people 
interact with the way I communicate is like, like real soon, I'm not even gonna have time for myself. Like I'm going to be all, and I'm not gonna like, other than like physical and, and health, but being here and being practical and wherever you upload this, whoever watched this, right? Watch, just watch. They're gonna be like, oh, he knew, right? Cause I used to do this with my son. I like, like it's posts that come from like seven years ago or 10 years ago. And I'm like, man, my son gonna be the biggest blah, 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 blah. And like I said, I was already speaking it and it's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's, it's the rhythm of life. It's, 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 it's how life is processing back to me. It's how people send me a whole article of like, man, look, this, no one, I never heard this. And it's like, um, I'm not even going to be in control of, of my life soon, like like this, as far as like how how many, I'm going to be talking to thousands, like my son already spoke to 20,000 people, like, so it's like even processing that, like I got, I'm processing that because it's, it's like now I'm looking at my son like, wow, now it's coming into like, under, like you talk to 20,000 people, you know what I'm saying, I'm still learning like 100, 200 and because I got the information, but just having the information is completely different when you're on stage and you're speaking it and oh, yeah. even interviews and all of this, but absolutely, I think it's, it's, it's going to get chaotic. Yeah. The development, when you're in it, when you're working through something, if, if you're passionate, you don't really lift your head up to see how high the building is. You're just going to keep adding brick by brick or whatever layers that need to be made. And when you stop and look up, you don't even remember when you started. You'd be like, man, mm. I did all of this. Wow. Oh, so off to the next building. That's the type of yeah. you know, it's like type of people you get encouraged to move forward. We talked about legacy, but we some of us, most of us ignore major steps. Do you have a will? A will as, as far as what? Will in terms of information left for your son, insurance, these things, just in case of death, just in case of so many things that get taken away from us because most of us fail to have the proper per paperwork in place for the society that we live in to train. No, no. I, um, and not to say, cause I, cause I talk about death. I talk about death, but as far as paperwork and, and put that down now and, and, and okay, maybe that's something I should do or whatever the case, but, but no. I encourage everyone to just look into it and, and start to get it done. Even if you feel you have nothing to give, let's just start having our paperwork done in our community because we lose many things. We lose land, we lose houses, we lose bank accounts, and it just all goes back to people that never knew us or didn't work a scrap for what we wanted to intend to pass down. That's I agree. I, I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories, purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. It's sort of in the same line of what you said, 30%, 30%, 30%. But I call it operating at 100%. 20% for purpose, 20% for health, 20% for confidence, 20% for money, and 20% for knowledge. So I ask you, Mr. Dash, within the last 24 hours, within this spectrum of operating at 100%, what is your current percentage? It's funny because I teach something like that in my sessions. Um, you said today? Yeah, the last 24 hours. Man, today, today uh, was one of the first days in a long time. I got some rest. But but to me, that's 100% because you can't operate if if, if, if you're tired. And, and today I slept. Today I got some good sleep. 
Same and I, here. And I, and, and I, and, and, and I here. needed it. But like I now, said, like don't forget now, let me tell you, let me break it down. Purpose is that you're doing your purpose every day, which you are doing now. You're, you're stopping your procrastination. You're on, you're on the internet. You're doing what you need to do. Health mm -hmm. is, did you exercise, eat right? You know, if you meditate, if you do those things to get yourself aligned, did you do that? That's, that's a habit. That's, 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 that's regular for me. Yeah, that's, that's regular. That's regular. Now, that's did, you do it, did you do it with confidence without any unhealthy fear? That's, that's, well, I don't, I don't, uh, well, you said you unhealthy consider, fear. You don't consider nothing unhealthy. I got you. I, no, I, no, no. I, yeah. Cause you, you said, look, even, even look at my life, right? If, if you have the opportunity, right? So people have God, the universe, the creator, whatever someone concept is, right? And if God gave you the opportunity to remove things out of your life, right? So of course, if I was a kid and you asked me, hey, do you want to be molested? I'll say, hey, no, no, I don't, right? But in hindsight, right? And I always, I, I'm a firm believer, look, remember I told you like I learned from things, right? So video, videography and camera, cameras, let me show you what cameras showed me. And, and that's why I say your perception and perspective controls your reality. Listen to that. Your perception and perspective controls your reality. This is what cameras showed me. So sometimes we'll be shooting and we'll have three, four cameras, five cameras in the room. And based on what footage or what storage card I take out, I could show you a left angle and you'll go, oh, why he do that? Why, why would he do that? And I go, okay, yeah, okay, all right. And then I show you the middle of the room. I show you the middle angle of the camera. And you go, oh, so that ain't even happened. I ain't even see that in this angle. Oh man, I, I was crazy. I thought, I thought he 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 ran him over, right? Because of how the camera was angled, you couldn't see another side of, 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 of the spectrum, right? But if you take time to look at life, you take time to look at the room from every angle, it'll give you a different direction. It will give you a different thought process. So even in life, and like I said, like I didn't have a father, but it taught me how to be a father. It taught me how to tap into the love that I wish I knew and wished and dreamed and prayed for. I didn't obtain it in my journey as a child, but I learned how to give it. I learned how to, to cultivate it and nurture and, and love and show up for my son being molested, you know, um, taught me how to be an advocate, taught me how to speak up. It also taught me strength and, and endurance, right? So in hindsight or in, in, in a life where someone will go, oh, I'm mad that I went through this and I'm mad that I didn't have a father, right? No, I processed all the emotions and feelings and the journey of all of those things that I've been through. And they all are major ingredients. If, if my life was a meal and you looked at the ingredients, these things are a part of the ingredients that I had to go through to become this me. So even when you say good fear, like there's no bad puzzle piece. You know, you may have a hard time finding where it goes, but when you put the puzzle together, you're like, oh man, it's beautiful. Right. So sometimes sometimes we want to do the we do the easy thing. We build the outside first. Like, oh yeah. Build the okay. sketch. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but the but the middle and like all of those parts are gonna be challenging. But it's a part of the puzzle. Right. So my journey as a child, foster home, not knowing how to write, read. So even homeschooling my son, I homeschooled my son from fourth grade to tenth grade. 
He went back to school all A's. That fourth grade year, he didn't even know how to read, writing his letters backwards. That first year, he was reading on a seventh grade level. On top of me still struggling academically, I had to learn some of the things I was teaching him. On top of traveling the world, and doing all of these things that we were doing, this was behind the scenes, right? So I'm not ashamed of my ingredients. I'm not afraid of my ingredients. I honor it. I understand it. I value it. It's a part of it, you know, and, and I acknowledge it and I speak it. So that's what traps a lot of us from living life to the fullest. Ingredients is credence. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine and others. Now, before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. Is there anyone else you would love to see that you could put me in contact with that you would love to come and drop these gems and answer these questions? Let me tell you two things, right? I'm just getting to know you, right? Super, super, super. And, and, and like I had, a, like I said, I slept today. So I was like, ah, I was kind of dragging, but I'm happy. I'm grateful. Uh, you're super, super professional, super clear. I love your style. Like you're gonna go far. I, I don't know how big your show is or whatever the case. And I hope I hope this do great for you. You know, Thank even you. wherever I go, because I love your style. But if it was up to me, I'll get the biggest. Like I'm a I'm a person that I I go above and beyond for people that I feel is great, that I feel is professional. So if it was up to me, um, because I know a lot of people. Uh, what do I get for you? And it depends, cause it's like. A, a great interview, a, a great interview. I get, I get a young man named Marquise from from Georgia. Even though I know, like I said, I know celebrity. I'm talking about value. Somebody that respect your time. Somebody that um will be honored to do the show. Hey, uh, his his name is Marquise. He, he he's 17. He, he he he's a very motivational, inspiring young man. And um, so I'll say Marquise. Marquise. And if my if, if my son was doing this, I'll say my son. But my son, he took his break. He's enjoying life. Marquise. Marquise, definitely. So we'll get in contact here. Now, before you go as well, we'd love to hear anything you like say, any closing remarks, any social media shout outs, anything, information where people can stay in contact with you. Uh, Dash Hudson underscore on everything, even though I think I'm going to change that soon, just so I can have everything flowing. But I'm still in my building process. Like I, like I said, I didn't even know I was going to grow this fast on social media. But I want you guys to know that um, I interact from a soul level. People call it um, vulnerability. I call it truth. I always say, if you've never been 100% completely honest out loud, then you have never been yourself in front of anyone. I speak like I'm living in my memory. I'm, I'm not afraid to be honest. I'm not afraid to be true. I'm not afraid to be genuine. A lot of people need to live on a soul level. Sometimes we're living in a character. Sometimes we're living in fear. Sometimes we're living, always thinking about what other people are going to think. It is a beautiful thing to tap into your truth, to tap into your story, to tap into your life and speak from that place. So for anyone that's following my journey, anyone who become aware of me from this, just understand that, I'm, that, I, that I am a soul with skin on. Right. Some people want to some people turn into their character. I will never be a character. I will never be. Um, I will never operate in ego. I will never operate in celebrity. I'm operating in truth and, and I will always speak from that place. So 
Um, just anyone who's following my journey and embracing my journey, hopefully you can feel where I communicate from. And I said, I don't want to get into, but Instagram dash Hudson underscore. And um, we'll put all of that in the credits for you at the bottom. Yeah. Make sure they get to it and see it. I want to thank you for coming on today. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. One of the biggest takeaways for me at this show, I just get to talk to men one-on-one -on -one and I get to ask these same questions, but I also get it what I can take away from myself. I guess that's the extra piece for me. I get to actually talk to men and get some actual insight and we have back and forth dialect. And I hope anyone listening today, no two souls are alike, no two fingerprints are alike, but I hope this helps add to your puzzle board and growing yourself in development in terms of manhood, solutions for single moms who may be raising boys and et cetera, and thus far. Thank you for coming on today, Mr. Dash. For those listening, you can reach me You're at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show. We take all men anytime we want to hear from you because everyone has a story that can help us all. Before we go, we end with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is completing is competing with yourself. It's living with your own true standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. Question of the day, question of your life. Are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions for Men's Podcast. Mr. Dash Hudson, we thank you. Peace and blessings. Cause I'm out the ordinary. What? Out the ordinary. What? Out the ordinary. Out, out the ordinary. Huh? Out the ordinary. Hey. Out the ordinary. Hey. Out the ordinary. Hey. Out, out the ordinary.